At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. So Lombardi line, as we say hi on a Thursday, I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi getting ready, battening down the hatches there in New Jersey. It, we got a nor'easter coming on the coast. We got a nor'easter in the next segment called the Mall Shaw coming. So get, get oh, ready for oh, that as well, I would say. Oh, wow, well, yeah. I'm, it comes storming, too. I mean, <laughs> you know, thank God it's only, what, eight minutes, Matt Santos? I mean, whew. Get it over with quick, get it through, get that storm over and go and just button batten down. You know, he's like the boat that goes to the wake zone. You know, you got to deal with it after he leaves. Yeah, when you and uh, Amal get into it, I'm like Michael Jordan at the end of game seven, leaning over, grabbing my shorts. I, re- I really don't. I heard he was very happy he won the debate. I wasn't debating with him. I was just trying to say that don't blame Garoppolo for everything. It's just not, not really fair, but nobody wants to hear that argument. So, you know. When Garoppolo had three bad drops early in the game, nobody said a word. But when he had one bad interception, everybody said something. It's always his fault. Save your ammo. Let's throw this uh, Lakewood Police Department uh, tweet up. I think it's oh, kind of so this is the I best. So this is outside of Buffalo. They tweeted this. This is a police department. There will be snow two to five inches tomorrow during the a.m. rush hour. So you know the routine. Make sure your tires have good thread. Drive slowly and give the same amount of room to nearby cars that the Bills gave to Travis Kelsey with seven seconds left to go uh, to field goal range. Hashtag go WX hashtag bills versus chiefs. That's the police department getting into it on Twitter. That's funny. That's when social media is used for a good thing, man. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, look, I went back and watched the tape because I wanted to double check to make sure Pringle was the sole returner and he was. And then I wanted to watch the coverage early in the first, first after they scored their first touchdown, the, the, the Bills, they kicked off, and Pringle took a 26 yards, and they covered it easily. Seven seconds were removed from the clock. But as bad as not kicking the ball into play, the, the decision to let, first of all, to let the most explosive player in the National Football League catch a quick pass with two blockers in front and no one, no one within 10 yards of them, was was one of the biggest sins ever. And then to let Kelsey run down the field like Dominic runs for pass patterns in his basement with no one touching him is, to me, just I don't know how you ever get over those two plays. It's just it's mind-boggling. And to further the indictment on the defensive coaching staff there with Buffalo, I'm sure you've seen by now the video the NFL Network has released of Kelsey having the conversation with yep. uh, pardon me, um, Tyreek Hill and Mahomes were essentially said, if they're going to leave the seam open like that, 
You know what just I'm going to do. And like, how was that? How did that happen? I'm still just befuddled. They, they were they were playing like they were trying to eliminate the touchdown, not trying to eliminate field goal range. I mean, you know, it's the same thing that happened in the in the Bucks game. I mean, you got to have a meeting on the sideline. Hey, fellas, we can't let them get the ball to the to the forty yard line. If the, if he's trying a fifty seven yarder, we got a chance. But if he's got anything in there, it's going to be a hard kick, and and we got to set our defense accordingly. It, you know, and there there is a report that there the squib was called but was ignored by the kick. I have no clue if that's true. This is, you know, Buffalo's been through a lot how as a you, fan base. How can you ignore it? How can you ignore it I don't if it's know. right there? I don't, I don't have the answer. I, it, it, you know? it, 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 it is one of the, in 100 years of the league, that, that sequence, everything that happened towards the end is, is right up there as far as the most, it, it, it's going to be talked about for decades. I mean, think about what Buffalo's been through as a fan base. The move to Orange Park. I mean, just the three Super Bowls, the blowouts, and just this wide Scott right. Scott Norwood, you know, four four Super Bowls. Scott Norwood. Yeah, I mean, wide three right. they were never really in. Three that they got you know, blown out, and then one they missed wide right. And one they had a chance to win, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel badly for them. It's their own. Like everybody that's complaining about the overtime rules is like, wait a second. If you just stop the team with 13 seconds, you're going to be. You don't need overtime. Right. That's the irony. Was there a, 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 in, in your conversations uh, in the front office, did you guys ever discuss the overtime rules, or is it this is just what we're supposed to deal with, and we just deal with it? It's not. It's not. You just know what they are, and you play with it. Like you know that we want to have player safety, but now we want to give both teams the ball. Like look, the, usually as Al Davis taught me years ago, there's a reason why you win and a reason why you lose. The reason the Bills lost wasn't the overtime rules. It was that they, they played, had three of the worst plays of their season at the wrong time. I mean, watch the, watch the, play, watch the chief players walk off the field after the extra point to go up when, when the Bills went up with 13 sets. They, they, they were, as Andy Reid adequately said, they were grim. It was a grim situation, but they got bailed out. The news as we will, and we'll move on, but just quickly, if you're just joining us here on the Lombardi line, it's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Iberflus is going to be the new coach there with the Bears, defensive coordinator from the Colts, and the Broncos are hiring Nathaniel Hackett uh, to run their organization. Quinn looks like he's staying in Dallas, and we, so we still have the Giants domino yet to fall, Michael. We still have the Miami do- Miami looks like they're going to make a decision next week, so no rush. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. the Raiders. Minnesota's got a GM, so we've got to get a head coach there. Still a lot to go here as far as the head coaches. L- long way to go, yeah. A lot, and a lot of guys. The Minnesota one's going to be interesting because they're, they're, they're going all analytics. So it seems like how is the new coach going to handle that? You know, maybe they'll find somebody that embraces that, you know, whether it's Kellen Moore, D'Amico. I don't know who it's going to be. But I think the, whoever they hire has to really feel great about being an all-analytical. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be all-analytical, but I, being driven by mathematics is going to be the fascinating thing. You know, mathematics is an interesting – analytics is very interesting when it comes to football. Somebody has to grade the tape. You know, that's where pro football focus they, – they, it acts like the computer is grading this player. When actually there are humans giving this grade through mm-hmm. subjective and bias and all that. It's not like, you know, somebody's grade. Matt, Matt LaFleur became the best coach in the league by pro football focus. Somebody made him that. It wasn't like they ran, they weren't down the bat cave and they ran a bunch of numbers and here came it out, you know? Like somebody had a, it was viewing that. 
so it's still a, a, a human element to this. It's not baseball. It's not baseball. And there will be, I don't know if it's 15 years, I don't know if it's 20 years, there will be a complete divergence from analytics, and we'll go back to old school. Then, years from then, we'll go back to analytics. This is all cyclical, is what I'm saying. And right now, we're heavily inundated with analytics. And if you're not on board, you're thought of to be a noob, but there is a balance that needs to be struck. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if you don't go, I mean, somebody said that of all of Brendan Staley's fourth down, he only made one mistake all year. Are you kidding me? What? I mean, are you are you going to stop? Are you going to stop with this nonsense or not? Like he made one mistake the entire season. You know, I, I mean, it's just it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But you know, that's where we're, that's <laughs> Is the he world some we're sort in. Of deity. I mean, it's impossible. No. I mean, like the fact that 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 this respected business has Matt Lafleur as the best coach in the National Football League when Mike Tomlin's playing with a with a broken down quarterback who retires a week after the season and wins nine games and makes the playoffs is like bizarre. And that is the next order of business. 18 seasons with Pittsburgh officially announced today. No surprise. Ben Roethlisberger. It's a complex history. It's a complex career. Two Super Bowls. I believe only 12. I wrote it down. I think it's only 12 that have ever done it um, to win two Super Bowls or more at the quarterback position. So uh, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. The Singletary story cannot be true. I'm sorry. Mike Singletary, if, this is significant if true, but he's one of the all-time yeah. greats. But there's no way he vetoed a trade in 09. What, what is he talking about? Like the ownership yeah, group would have been like, no, Mike, you're Mike Singletary, uh, but still. I, and I don't know. I, I don't remember the time where was Pittsburgh's appetite to trade him at that point. Never got that because impression. if they wanted to, if if they wanted to trade him, there would have been a suitor. I should clarify. You know, I mean, if you don't mind, just for a second. So the report is Mike Singletary is now talking that in '09, remember the sexual assault from Lake Tahoe was lingering. That the Pittsburgh Steelers and San Francisco 49ers had a trade agreement with Ben Roethlisberger, and he vetoed the Yorks and Trent Baalke at the time. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, look, everything comes out. I don't have really an idea, but I can't imagine that, you know, that they wouldn't at least do their due diligence on what happened and the, the effects because Pittsburgh obviously did. And Pittsburgh has, you know, their ownership group is very diligent in terms of what they're willing to tolerate and what they're not. So it's a little bit bizarre on that one. <laughs> it, it, it is. Because to your point, I just don't ever remember. I know Pittsburgh probably wasn't happy with Ben a couple of times, to be fair. I remember the motorcycle. But I don't ever remember oh, yeah. them. I don't remember the overtures from them to move on from him at all. There was nothing. Well, I think the way the report was read is they were calling the Niners to trade Ben, and I can't believe of the 31 other teams in the National Football League, somebody wouldn't have been interested in making a deal for Ben. I, I, I find that hard, and that they were the only one who got the call. I know, I know. Um, okay, we just got about a minute and a half here. We're going to have them all join us. Hey, quickly on a couple of injuries, are you hearing anything on Elijah Mitchell? He did not practice yesterday. No, but he hasn't been practicing. I mean, he's been kind of staying, you know, out of practice. They've kind of rested him. The, to me, Patrick, the key injury is is, is where are they with where are they with uh, Trent Williams? Uh, Trent Williams. That's the key one to me. Is he going to play or not? You know, I mean, if he, you know, and, and that's the one that they've got to be able to fix. That's, that to me makes them, makes me lean towards the Rams if he doesn't play because that's a hard one. He's, is he, is he the best tackle in football? I think he practiced, yes. Well, I think he is, and certainly in this game, he, he gives them, you know, what Donovan Smith really 
really messed up Brady on was Brady was counting on Donovan Smith to block Von Miller over there. Yeah. And they were going to give help to Wells over at right tackle. And all of a sudden, you know, they got, there was leaking on the boat coming in both directions. So Williams, of course, injured the ankle, did not practice yesterday. But today, Kyle Shanahan said, quote, I know he believes he's playing and so do I. One of the great yeah, athletes I, I mean, ever at the position. I think he's going to go. I mean, I would be surprised if he didn't. If there's any way he can go, he's going to go. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a great player. Trent Williams. Okay, that is... Uh, buckle up. Buckle Get your seatbelt on. <laughs> the Nor'easter. An Indian it's Nor'easter. Coming. coming. Amal Shaw joins <laughs> us next. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we've got 56 hours of free video coverage. VSEN.com leading up to the 6th annual live big game betcast here at VSEN. It's never too early to prepare for the big game and we want you to make sure that we VSEN are a part of your in preparation. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN experts, the betting experts, before, during, and after the action over at vsin.com. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. Joining us now, one half of Odds On, his name's Amal Shaw. He is, from what I understand, the 56 hours of free video coverage at vsin.com. Amal, I'm told you're super excited about this. Can't wait. You seem excited. What's new, buddy? How you been? I'm well, thanks. How are you guys? <laughs> doing, we're doing, doing way. We're doing great, Amal. Amal, so tell us uh, what what when football season goes over. What do you specialize in mostly? Uh, college basketball, but you know I, I've come to realize that Uh-oh. this network. We have a lot of magicians that work here when it comes to records and tracking picks. So I figured I'm probably going to be 92 and eight this year in college hoops. So I just want to put it out there before we even get to March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love, I love the, I love the posting of the wins and never the losses. You know, I think oh, to my. me, I learned that in scouting. I learned that in scouting. The, the only way you really know a good scout is when he tells you the five, five mistakes he's made. Like I feel really <laughs> bad about Ibraflus. I feel really bad about about. Uh, uh, Dan Quinn not getting the job in Denver. I mean, because I mean, I gave that. It was a mistake on my part. You know, but. For me, I, I always love the ones. And, you know, it's one thing I learned them all from a lot of the, sh- the what technical sharps that are hanging around the Borgata. <laughs> I always ask them how they're doing. They're never doing good. They will never admit they're doing good. It's, it's so good. 
By the way, Michael, to your point, first of all, I don't think missing out on a coaching hire is a mistake because it's so hard. You don't know. You know, you have a guy like Brent Venables, tremendous defensive coach, didn't have the ability to interview, right? He just wasn't good in the interview process. That's why it was Oklahoma that hired him because they already knew what they had with him previously when he worked on the staff and Stoops made the wrong decision to go with his brother instead of Venables. But that's another story. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the most important things in this industry is transparency. And the unfortunate part is you got too many Don LaPrise out here. And if you don't know who that is, look him up. So, so to be specific, you think the accounting at VSIN is a little off at this point as far as... Well, I, I always thought Andrew Fastow was in charge. Hey, Amal, you know, we were just thinking during the break, Matt, Matt and I were talking, and, and Michael was hanging out with his buddy Bill Berman, and we were all talking about the fact that it's pretty impressive to start two times in a Super Bowl. And if the 49ers were to beat the Rams coming up on Duck. Sunday, that would be th that would be Jimmy's second start in a Duck. Super Bowl. That's pretty impressive. I would think you would agree, yes? I, I, absolutely, but it helps when you have the best playmaker in the National Football League, Debo Samuel. Obviously, the best tight end or arguably the, the 1A or 1B, whether you prefer Kelsey or you prefer Kittle, that's your choice. Uh, by the way, last time I checked Nick Bosa and that defense are pretty good. And, you know, I was prepared for Michael, and I wanted to ask Michael, are you more impressed with the two touchdown passes and five INTs in Jimmy's postseason career? Or is it the fact that the offense managed to muster more points? Or, excuse me, let me correct myself. As many points as the special teams did. Well, I, I think it was a, you know, certainly the, their offense was disappointing. I, in the turnover in the red zone, this is, to me, Jimmy's M.O., and I, and I can't defend him on that. I mean, he gave away points on a stupid throw, and when you watch it, forget the TV version of it. When you watch it on the coaching version, it's really stupid play. But for some reason, Amal, I, I mean, unbeknownst to me, the team seems to rally around them. They like them. They really do. You know, and I, I'm with, you know, I, I know that they get there in spite of them. I'm not defending them. I, I just don't think he deserves all the blame. And I think their defense last week, to me, was as good as I've seen a defense play and tactically as good as I've seen a defense play, taking Devontae Adams out, making Aaron Rodgers hold the ball, and then all of a sudden the rush, whether it was Arden Key, whether it was Street, whether it was Jones, whether it was any of these guys. I mean, Willis blocks the punt. I mean, you know, and so for me, this, the way this defense is playing against the Rams, the, the way they lose the game is if Garoppolo continues to make and have that relationship for interception a touchdown. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I think everything Michael said is on point. And, you know, the one thing I, it kind of reminded me of when we saw in 1990 when it was the Giants, they beat the 49ers to go to Super Bowl 25. That defense did a tremendous job against Montana and that offense that really looked unstoppable, looked like they might potentially get to a third consecutive Super Bowl. And it was the defense. And I think the San Francisco team as a whole deserves a lot of credit. My, my criticism of Jimmy is this. And first of all, he, to me, Michael, you know Jimmy, but he seems like a likable guy. And I think that's one of the most important things in any business or any entity in terms of being likable. People want to do business with people they like, people they know, people they trust, and people they're comfortable with. And I think that's what Jimmy brings to the table. But there is an immense amount of talent around them. The other thing that I like about uh, Shanahan is he's going to run the ball until you stop him. I think there's a mental block for the Rams right now, Patrick, because I know, by the way, got to give kudos, and I know he won't ever do this because he is a very humble guy. 
Michael Patrick was on the Rams as soon as the Matthew Stafford trade happened. He has a future, a huge future on the Rams to win the NFC. So I know he'll be watching this game with a tremendous amount of interest. Kudos to Patrick. I know because him and I both had the same play before the season started on the Rams to win the NFC. We'll see if it materializes. But I'll tell you what, guys, I think it's going to be a real challenge for both home teams in this one. I think the fact that the 49ers are probably as good, if not better, than the Rams at almost every position. If you just line up the 22s, I shouldn't say every position, but you feel like they're superior across the board. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as they played, and Mahomes was amazing, they still have a sieve of a defense. And I think Joe Burrow and this offense are going to be able to move the ball against them effectively. Oh, I, I don't doubt that, but I think Spagnuolo's got to change his plan. He can't play single coverage man out there on chase. He can't. And, you know, yeah. if you go back through Burrow and you look at what he's done over his career, you know, in just this short little time, I mean, when you break this thing down, I mean, it's really kind of interesting. David Carr was sacked in 28 starts. He was sacked 93 times. Burrow has been sacked 94 in 28 times, 28 starts, counting the playoff games. I just don't know how he can stand in there and keep taking the hits. And this offensive line is so bad. It is really bad. And there, there's no solution. They're back up right tackle, back up left guard. The number one pick, Williams, is not. Is not. And against Clark and against Jones, and again, Jones didn't play the last time they played. And against, and, and against, you know, Reed inside, I just think it's a hard game for them. I think they'll score, but I think the longer the game goes, I think the less effective they become. And I think at some point it's got to catch up. It's the law of football. Like if you're bad in the offensive line, you can mask it for a while and you get away with it and you win some games and convince yourself. But at some point, the line's got to play good and they don't have enough talent to play good. Yeah, Patrick, I would agree with Michael on that. When you look at this team giving up nine sacks, it's amazing the toughness that Joe Burrow has. I think, you know, he's accurate. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, just a great quarterback. But I think his toughness might be his greatest attribute. Yeah, totally agree. Your best guess of all, do you think we close seven or seven and a half in Kansas City? Look, I, I don't see why this game should close seven and a half. I think it should close seven because I think this offense is going to be able to move the ball. And the one thing you have to remember from a betting perspective is, if let's say it was seven and a half, you're down 14 in a game with two minutes left. It's garbage time, what have you. In theory, garbage time. If you're within two scores, you're still obviously in the game. But this team has the ability, or the capability of walking right down the field and getting seven points to make it a one-score game. So for me, the seven looks very intriguing. I think it's a tough number for Casey to be able to cover. This is, I think this team is better than when they faced off against the Texans in the AFC championship game. Mm. Um, I think Burrow's a better quarterback than Watson was, and I think the outside playmakers and Higgins and Chase are uh, – DeAndre Hopkins is amazing, but DeAndre Hopkins never had Jamar Chase's run-after catchability. Yeah, no doubt. I, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, I just – to me – and, and, and I just think this has got the ear, Tennessee the one year, you know, two great wins, go into England, beat Brady in his last game as a Patriot, go to Baltimore, win that game, get blown out by the Chiefs, you know. And I just think this is one of those where the, 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 the glass slipper is not going to fit on Cinderella. I just think they're Cinderella. They had, to me, Mike Vrabel, I mean, he's already fired two defensive coaches. I mean, Mike Vrabel's probably sitting there, how did we lose this game? We know they did with Tannehill, but my Lord, that just, to me, was one of those losses that you have a hard time. You're the better team. It, it, let me ask you this, Amal. If Tennessee played Cincinnati 10 times on that field in Nashville, who wins? How many times does each team win? Tennessee probably wins eight, and it took three interceptions uh, for them to be able to even win one. 
I, I agree with. See, that's the way I felt like. And so for me, I just don't see that be that luck carrying over another week against a really good team who's been in this situation before, and they've got crowd noise going in their favor. A loud, even a louder crowd than Nashville. Speaking of Burrow Mall, and I believe Haskins should have won the Heisman that year. So to be fair to Dwayne Haskins, he had a great year. But what did Urban like? I think Urban was upset that Burrow wasn't completely committed to football. I don't know if there's something. Can you shed some light on how he, he lost him? He had a bro- he had a broken hand, and so he wasn't able to complete in spring practice as much as he would have liked. Had he been healthy, Joe Burrow would have been the quarterback ahead of Haskins. Remember, Joe Burrow was Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. I mean, this kid is Ohio State football. He wanted to play there. I, I know, and you know, kudos to LSU and everything they got out of him. And by the way, uh, Michael, this is where I say Kenneth Walker's owed some money. Ed Orgeron's long-term contract that LSU paid him in the buyout. Majority of that money goes to Joe Burrow. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I don't disagree with that. But the problem was Joe Burrow was a three-star. Haskins was yeah. a five-star. You know Urban loves them stars. And Amal, <laughs> you're you're an eligible bachelor. So is Jimmy G. Question that we had from last week. Did you and Jimmy G date the same girl? And is that why you're bitter? Because there's a lot going on there. I don't date a lot of girls from Chatsworth in the Valley. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah. A mattress <laughs> in Chatsworth. I love that. Hidden <laughs> meaning. Hidden meaning. <laughs> so see you, Amal. Thank you. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Pegasus World Cup week down Gulfstream. They're outside of Miami. Huge horse race, richest one on the planet. First bet is giving you 25 bucks instantly when you sign up. Celebrate the first major horse racing event of the year with First Bet. It's easy. Visit slash horses to sign up. If you're a horse racing fan, First Bet is the place for you. Again, visit vcin.com slash horses. Sign up for this special Pegasus World Cup offer today. Okay. Lombardi line here on a Thursday as we head into championship weekend. Are you feeling um, morose? I guess uh, a little sad that we're, we're getting so close to just two games this uh, weekend, Michael, and then we've got the big game left. It's kind of a bummer, no? <laughs> It really is a bummer. I mean, as much as I love the NBA, I think the NBA is impossible to watch and, you know, disappointing. And, you know, the the whole thing is difficult. But, you know, and I've got to get college basketball is going to have to carry us until we get football back. But we'll, we'll get through it. And i got to warm up on some baseball stuff, Patrick. i got to get working on it. <laughs> Hot stove for Michael Limba. Hot stove is apropos for the Nor'easter coming in as well. Mm. Okay. Uh, Market Insights is the pod. We'll get an NBA and a college basketball play from our buddy Josh Applebaum. He joins us now here on the Lombardi line. How you doing, Josh? Patrick, Michael, doing great. And Michael, yeah, we got to actually send you to MLB so you can stop this uh, labor negotiation or start the labor negotiation, stop and end the lockout here because we need some Michael Lombardi plays with, you know, the the catcher's mitt. We need baseball to come back, Michael. We got to end this lockout. I don't think it's, I mean, it's going, these guys, these owners and the players, I think they're dug in, their positions are are pretty well stuck in time. I don't think it's going to be easy to get it out. Now, Josh, have you noticed anything as far as market-wise with the two games coming up on Sunday that's interested you as far as the side or the total and movement here? 
Yeah, so kind of laser focused on these lines, guys. We've seen a little bit of movement in two directions. So number one, Michael had been mentioning about, you know, that public betting on Kansas City going to seven and a half. It looks like we are inching there. Some books are, uh, most of them are juiced up minus seven, minus 115 to the Chiefs. I see a couple uh, that are kind of waiting to go to seven and a half. They're very, very close. A couple are minus 120. I even see a hook out there. So again, if you like the Chiefs, the seven's going to be probably your best number. If you like the Bengals and you want to go contrarian, they're only getting about, you know, 35% of bets across the market. If you're holding out for the hook, uh, it looks like maybe today's the day where it pops up across the market. But the one I wanted to ask Michael that jumped out to me was the total in the San Francisco game. Uh, a lot of these books open at around 47. And over the last 24 hours, early on, we saw a little bit of a dip, you know, 47 down to 46 and a half. But over the last day, we're now down to 45 and a half, 46. So more movement is coming toward this under. Uh, you look at this matchup here. Uh, there are two uh, games that they've played. We had a 31 to 10 game, landed on 41 in week 10. Remember, we went to overtime and you would have gone over with the 51, 27, 24. But San Fran is 2 and 0 to the under in the playoffs. In terms of pace of play, they're 26th uh, and they like to run the ball. So pretty slow here. The Rams are 18th. Uh, so, Michael, what's your take on this total? Would you lean under here? How do you see this playing out? Could you look at maybe teasing this total up? And maybe pairing it with maybe if you like a Cincinnati Casey high scoring game, take that 54 and a half, take it down to 48 and a half and take that over. You know, I, I really like the under at San Francisco, the Rams, only because I think both teams will play a slower pace. And I think both teams realize the more they expose their quarterback to the pass rush to their offensive line gets exposed. There's a propensity to turn this thing over. They both had two turnovers in the last game. And the way the Niners' defense is playing and the way the Rams' defense played in Tampa last week, which is the best I've seen them play in a while, is really, to me, going to factor in the game. I think both teams' offensive lines are not as good as the defensive fronts they'll face, which lends itself to a lower-scoring pace game. And, you know, these teams are not shootouts. I mean, look, they, the, the Rams obviously scored a ton of points. The Bucks helped them score a ton of points in their game. They didn't play coverage. They blew coverages left and right. I mean, the touchdown to Goff, the touchdown to Cooper Cup early in the game to make it 17 nothing. you know, the guy doesn't, you know, playing Tampa too, and he doesn't expand out to get the guy. It's just horrible. So, you know, for me, I think it's an under game. I think the running games, I think control passing, I think that's the way San Francisco wants to play. Even though the last game was 51, it was 27-24, I think that happened because of the second, the surge, of the second half. Josh, you've got a prop in the early game you want to take a look at. Go ahead and throw it out to us. Yeah, so I think if you're looking for prop bets this weekend, obviously if you're looking for overs or you want some offense, you're going to lean to that cincinnati Casey game. Michael had a good angle there on that under with San Fran and the Rams, but pretty much a lot of movement. It looks very similar to that Bills game. Will we see a shootout? We're going to have to wait and see. But a lot of these books have moved up, you know, 53.5 to 54.5. Some books even open as low as like 50.5. So movement to the over. And we're kind of looking back at the box score for that uh, Week 17 game between the Chiefs and and, uh, and the, and the uh, Bengals here. And Michael, two players that are kind of obvious. You kind of get worried anytime it's so lopsided but what do you think about burrow throwing over 286 yards at bet mgm 94 of bets 98 of money is on that over and that week 17 game he threw for 446 and if you're a dog and you're down you're going to probably think he's going to have to keep throwing it and then jamar chase who had that huge game which probably is going to win him the rookie of the year he had 11 catches for 266 and three touchdowns in that week 17 game right now his over under for receiving yards it opened 82 and a half it's been seamed up to 87 and a half 96% of bets and dollars are on the over. So are you expecting a big game out of both Burrow and Chase, Michael? 
Well, I mean, look, that's their offense, right? Their big play offense. If they've got to go 10 plays and score, they're not going to do it. The offensive line's going to break down. And I would think Steve Spagnuolo would say to himself, you know, I tried the single coverage chase in the last game. It cost me the game. I mean, I would think Andy Reid on Monday morning went into Spagnuolo's office and said, can we just take Chase out of the game and force Boyd and force Higgins to beat us and just get the quarterback to hold the ball much like the Titans did? So, you know, I, I think that's it. I, look, I, I think certainly there's has to be some big play element, but I, I think they're going to try to pace this game as well. I, don't, I like unders on both those calls because I don't see this being an explosive game. I really don't. I don't see it. I mean, look, the game was 65, and, and, the, mar, and the market opened it at 51, 50. I mean, that, you know, the books, the books don't blow the numbers by 15 points that much. No, absolutely. Um, Josh, a couple things. One, short night in the NBA. Of course, it's Thursday, but you do have a play. I wanted to – I we haven't spoke since the last time. How about two nights ago, NHL, the favorites went 8-0 straight up. I think they split last night, but something that you've been following as far as betting faves and the NHL continues. Yeah, and Patrick, this has kind of been really a gift that keeps on giving in the NHL. And I know as a you know contrarian better, I don't love laying chalk, but sometimes the data is so good it's hard to ignore. And you're totally right. You know, a couple nights ago they're eight and zero. You know, kind of a split last night a little bit. Uh, but you look at the favorites overall in the NHL. They're four twenty nine and two twenty eight this year. Sixty five percent, almost a five percent ROI. Uh, in particular, it's these home favorites, Patrick, that have done great uh, on the season here with these home favorites getting the last ice change. If you're a good coach, you can kind of match up uh, your best D pair against the opposing team's best line for those home favorites 66% on the season almost a 6% ROI so a couple matches you'd be looking at the Islanders tonight uh, they open around minus 120 they've been seen up to around minus 130 uh, but I had to get this in because Michael you're my whisperer here for the 76ers what do you think their no, shot not. here is tonight no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you've not been paying attention I, I'm not following I don't even know I don't even know what's going on with it I'm not following them I give I'm done you know I'm a I'm a heat fan I've told you that I don't know where you think I'm a whisperer on this no chance. <laughs> you got to find somebody well, else. You got to call somebody else. Call Bill Bourbon. He's a he's yeah. a whisperer. Call, call Bill. Call, come to me. What do you got for us, Josh? <laughs> Well, I would say uh, Chubby's taking it to heart here from Michael Lombardi because his un- a ridiculous number here on MVPs had a million or, you know, a ton of these 40 point games in a row. He was plus 1200 a week ago. Now he's the co-favorite there around plus 300, but they did open around minus one and a half tonight against the Lakers. You've seen him steamed up a little bit to around minus two and a half. It's kind of a split ticket count yet. The line is going to the 76ers. So I'd be looking at the Sixers here tonight, betting against the Lakers team uh, that again on the road hasn't done very well this year. All right. And then I know you have a, a, a prop on Jimmy G. Let's save that if you don't mind. Um, well, no, actually, go ahead and throw it. What are you leaning towards here with Jimmy G? Yeah, just want to get Michael's take on this one because there's been a lot of money to his under passing yards, and it kind of makes a lot of sense. You know, he threw for 172 against Dallas, 131 against Green Bay. The two games against the Rams this year, he threw for 182. And then he, he blew up a little bit for 316 in that uh, Week 18 game. But, Michael, his total for passing yards in this game open at 234.5. It's quickly down to 233.5. It's 97% of bets, 96% of money on the under. So this is, is this one of those games where it's just don't overthink it, Michael, and go uh, under 233 and a half? Well, I mean, the last time they played him, he was over 300. He, th- he throws the ball well. He threw the ball well again. He threw two interceptions, but they threw the ball in this game. They made big plays. I mean, they know they can throw the football. But I think if you're going to play that under, you should play the under overall in the game. Because if you think the game's going to be a slower pace and it's going to come under the number, then the passing yards have to come under the number as well. 
Big Ten on the way out, Josh. College hoops tonight. Every game in the Big Ten is just an absolute. I mean, it's brutal. This 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 league is unbelievable. Uh, Purdue, Iowa. What are you doing here? Yeah, I'm going to go Iowa, guys. This jumped out to me as one of your most lopsided plays that also took in some reverse line movement to Iowa, believe it or not. Purdue's ranked sixth in the country. Iowa's unranked. Everybody's betting Purdue tonight. But Purdue actually opened as around a three-point favorite on the road. They've been bet down to two. So, again, you're seeing this line fall to Iowa, even though a big majority of bets are on Purdue. Uh, Iowa is in a spot where they've done very well at home, 11-1 and at home. Purdue 2-2 two and two on the road. Another unranked versus ranked opportunity. When you see these conference games, guys, unranked versus ranked with the line moving to the unranked team, I'll, I always love playing those. So give me uh, give me the Hawkeyes in this one. All right, there it is. Iowa tonight, college hoops. Josh Applebaum, Market Insights is the pod. And betting across America later today with Pritch. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, Josh Applebaum at Josh underscore insights. We continue here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. Of course it's bet MGM. It's the one game parlay. One game parlay is exciting feature. It's new. It's designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. All you have to do is log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts new to BetMGM, Just sign up today and make your first pick risk-free up to $1,000 using the bonus code VSIN1000. You can place one-game parlay bets on football, basketball, and more. Plus, you'll earn MLife rewards that you can redeem for room nights and also dining at any MGM resort worldwide. So, try our one-game parlay. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. Okay, Lombardi line as we get closer and closer to Championship Sunday. Um, We did just touch on Roethlisberger retiring. Your best guess as to what they're going to do at that position next year. Because my assumption is Haskins and Rudolph, they can't believe that those are the, the, the future moving forward, those two. Right. I mean, I think they're going to play it out. And, you know, they have a, a two, you know, they have these two players 
and they're going to change their offense. I think there's no doubt they're going to change their offense, and they're going to allow Matt Canada to do what Matt Canada wanted to do when he got hired, which is get under center more, feature their running game, try to get this offensive line some balance, get some easy throws, not be in shotgun all the time. That went out the window when, you know, Big Ben came back in his last year. So I do think they'll change their offense, and I think they'll look at these two guys and try to find somebody. I think, you know, the one thing we we confuse ourselves with, especially in January, is, you know, I just saw a report that the Panthers are going to cut Sam Darnold. Like, why would they cut Sam Darnold now when they get, you know, they don't have any, who's going to play? P.J. Walker? I mean, like, you can't get rid of a player. Russell Wilson, he's leaving Seattle. Well, who's going to play quarterback for them? Like, like I'm not in love with Daniel Jones, but what John Mara said and 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 the and and the general manager, it makes sense. Like, hold on to what you have until you can replace him. Baker Mayfield. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, but he's better than somebody else coming in. He's better than Case Keenum when he plays well. So, you know, I think they're going to hold on to Mason Rudolph, who I don't particularly think is very good, nor do I think Haskins is. I'm with you. Where's the duckster when we need him? But the reality of it is, is until they can find somebody, until there's something out there, at least they can go, as Al Davis used to always say, well, our job in the offseason is to be able to play, the, play, ha, play a game without having to rely on the draft. They could go play a game. With, they've played games with Rudolph before. Yeah. You know, they've played that. You want to get your team to where you could actually not, – I'm not saying you're going to be good or you could win, but at least you could go out there and, and, and as another one of his favorite words would, look organized. <laughs> at least give the perception that there's some organization. Yeah, yeah that we, we kind of got – that we can do it. So, to me, that's, that's the – and everybody wants instant answers. Like, who's going to be quarterback? You know, there's no instant answers. You don't even know. I mean, this time last year, you know, you know, did did you know Trevor Lawrence was the first pick? The Jets were going to get an instant answer with Zach Wilson. I mean, did they even know what was going on? You know, and so I think to me, give this some time. And why would you get rid of an economic value? Now, to me, Kirk Cousins a whole other story. Like, what are we going to do with him? We don't want to pay him forty-five million. How we get rid of him? You know, now where's there's some strategy that has to go into that. And then who's going to replace him? It's not Kellen Mond. Was Al Davis the original front office puppeteer? And what I mean by that is, as a head coach being hired in Oakland or Los Angeles, did you, did you know that you were going to be – like, that wasn't a common practice back then. Now it's very common for the up top to run down low. Was Al Davis the original? He was, I don't know if he was the original. I mean, I think he certainly had a great – you know, he certainly wanted to be involved with the coaching staff, especially with defense, without – you know, and let the offensive coach – that's why in, – in, and I was writing this this morning – and in, 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 in for the book is there was a time where Belichick came in to, to New England from he was at the Jets at the time. He came in to interview with Al for the head coaching job with, and Gruden. There were two candidates, Gruden and Al was never going to hire Bill, even though he knew Bill was really good because Al wants to mingle in the defense. He wants to have his vision in the defense and he would rather just have the offensive coaches hire a head coach that just ran the offense. And Really, when he was at his finest, is was the head coach had to be a really good quarterback coach, had to be a really good play caller, and he had to be able to have to stand up to some of the things that were happening in personnel, and and that's how you win there. The you mentioned Carolinas just quickly. They're they're gonna did they go ahead and formalize the Ben McAdoo hire at OC? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. I think now they're in the process of trying to find an offensive line coach. 
you know, so they need an offensive line coach, they need a defensive line coach, they need a special teams coach. So, you know, he's kind of remaking his staff, and we'll see. McAdoo's obviously going to have some say on what they do with the offensive line coach because they've got to get better in those two areas. There's no denying that. Now, they've got to get better at quarterback, too, because Darnold didn't play, you know, didn't play at all very well. So there's a lot to do. But, look, if you're a Panther fan, I mean, the, this could look a lot different next year because if Mr. Brady decides he's not going to play, that Buck team won't look the same, trust me. And the Saint team is not going to look the same, trust me. They have cap issues down there. Atlanta is not going to be really ready to go because they've got the Matt Ryan thing hanging over their head. I mean, there is a great opportunity for Carolina to really, if they can get play out of their quarterback, if they can, because their defense can become really good. They were good early in the year. They didn't play as well late. But there's a formula for Carolina to get respectable quickly. Not because they're so talented or they're just good. Because the the level of comp within their division is not very good. Especially if Tom decides he's had enough. And you mentioned if they move on from Sam Darnold, whether it's Pittsburgh or Denver or whomever, somebody is going to take a chance on Darnold again. Somebody, sure they are. Sure somebody they are. Going somebody's to. going to feel like, I'm sh- and I'm sure McAdoo feels like, hey, look, if I coach him, I think I get him to play better. Maybe he can, you know, and 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 maybe he. And but they do have to change what they were offensively. You know, they need to change what they were. They were good enough on defense. I mean, they beat the Saints last year, right? They could never beat the Bucs. They were never, in all the, in Matt Rule's two years there, they'd never been able to really play the Bucs well enough. They just couldn't, they couldn't handle the Bulls scheme. Bulls really just destroyed their offense. But they've got to get McCaffrey healthy. They've got to fix their offensive line. And that starts with hiring the right line coach that can run more than the outside zone, that can do more and give them some physical toughness to their team. And they've got to fix some things, but they're not that far away, especially since Atlanta, New Orleans, and perhaps Tampa is going to come Transition. back to them. Yeah, no, all teams. You, you mentioned, I think, the biggest key. It all starts with Christian McCaffrey. They need him to be healthy. I mean, it sounds so simplistic, but that's six, I think he's played 16 games in the last yeah, he's, two years. He's always I mean, hurt. He's, there's some people are just always, always hurt. hurt. He's always hurt. I mean, he's a weapon, but unlike Kamara, he's not on the field. Now, Kamara got hurt this year, but you can't have a guy who you're built your – what they have to learn from is we can't build it off. If if we have McCaffrey, great. He adds to our offense, but we can't build an offense around him. You know, and I'm sure you've been part of drafts like this. This is where you start talking yourself into things. I don't know if you're hearing anything early on Pickett, Corral, Willis, Carson Strong, but these are guys that franchises are going to start to talk themselves into because it's such an important position. But I'm not so no sure. Doubt. It's just not It's not a class right now that's uh, exemplary. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no doubt. You've got to be really careful, and you've got to be able to uh, – to make the right decision as it relates. And it's got to be able to fit within your vision. This is so important, right? It's got to fit within your vision. So it's, it's got to be something that you see and the planning. And that's where I think Matt Rule's got to do a really good job. This off. Everybody thinks, well, he's going to get fired next year. No, he's not. If he wins, he's not going to get fired. You know, if, if he gets it right this off, every decision you make in the offseason is really so important, especially when you're dealing with the coaching situation. I know you turned late in the year a little bit of a corner on our buddy Jared Goff, but if any team's interested in trading for Jared Goff, I'd be certainly 
I mean, that would I think be, I think they're liable to give them an extension. I think they I are think too. They're probably, I think they're going to double down. Knowing them, knowing them, and their their general manager who was with them, they're going to go back and say he's not that bad. You know what are we getting, what are we getting into here? And, yeah. and in all honesty. If you're really good up front and you can run play action, and they did get better, let's face it, they got better when Dan Campbell took over the play caller. So if they could build a, a, a better defensive team, I mean, look, until you can get somebody to replace them, what are you going to do? No, I agree. I agree. And Brad Holmes, the general manager, made it very – remember, he came from the Rams, as Michael mentioned. He made it very clear when they signed Goff that he, he, he looked at Goff as the future. It's not. It wasn't just a stopgap. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you're, you're paying it. The cap number is going to go way down, you know, as, as time goes on. And how are you going to replace them? I mean, until you get a deal in front of you. Now, what the, the key is what happens to most of these teams is they stop looking. They become satisfied. Okay, we've got our answer. No, you don't. Keep looking, but keep your guy. Get the salt and get the shovel. The Nor'easter oh, man. is on the way. Are we going to see you tomorrow? Not till, not I, till, are you, you going to make yeah, it? Oh, tomorrow's easy. Tomorrow's Saturday. easy day. Saturday. Oh, boy. It's coming, and it's coming in buckets. It's it's Be- Bella. <laughs> is Bella going to be able to handle it? I got her. Don't worry. I got her handled. Don't worry. She'll be protected. <laughs> Have a good Thursday, Michael. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Okay. Odds on's coming up next with Mike and Amal. We'll see you next time tomorrow here Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.